Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We'll see uh, what my next guest thinks of how the shortened 60-game regular season played and how the expanded postseason will play. Former major leaguer, major league manager, broadcaster everywhere, uh, mostly out on the West Coast. I've had a chance to do many a show with him on Sirius XM's MLB Network Radio. It was almost my pleasure when I talked baseball with Kevin Kennedy. Skip, Jordan McDonald here. How are you? Uh, Jody, thanks for the intro. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've always enjoyed uh, working with you. Glad to be with you today. My pleasure. Thank you for coming on. When When they negotiated out the settlement to get a baseball season underway after having to postpone it because of the pandemic. I had questions. I'm sure you had questions. Everybody had mm-hmm. questions. They've now done it. 29 of the 30 teams got 60 games in. The Cardinals only played 58, but it was enough for them to squeeze into the playoffs where they fit. How did the 60-game season play for you? Uh, surprising to me. I, I thought when we had the COVID hit, the, the Marlins, when 17 or 18 of their guys uh, got COVID and they had to you know, use a lot of their minor league guys from the 60-man roster, I thought that was going to be the, the beginning of maybe the end of, of the 60-game season. But MLB you know, made them play a lot of doubleheaders. It happened with St. Louis. Um, it happened with a couple other teams. And I, I'm just surprised that there's been – not not too many guys have, have have caught COVID now. Whether that's the protocols that MLB has put in, but I you know I see Jody when I watch these games, and I watch as much as I can in, in baseball because that's what you know I do. And I know you watch all the sports. I didn't see much social distancing among players. You know, I saw a lot of high fiving at the beginning. I saw guys you know doing the fake uh, Bash Brothers you know, pump like the Conseco and McGuire used to do back in the eighties, you know, right. You know, I used to see guys doing that, you know, and not, but not touching each other. But as the season went on, I saw guys getting more comfortable with just being next to each other in the dugout. Some were wearing masks, some weren't. Um, so I don't really know what the answer is on COVID. You know, I, I don't really know because we've had so much information uh, given to us as, as uh you know, the the scientists and the doctors have tried to find out. And so all I know is, thank God I didn't get it. I know you've, you've been healthy, and that's, that's what I'm looking for with my family. But I'm a little surprised that more guys, because of the contact and as close as they were, you know, didn't get it. So congratulations to them. I'm, I'm glad. 
you and I both. And yes, I think Major League Baseball, we beat up on the commissioner enough. Um, if everything is under his purview, well, then uh, the dealing with the COVID is under his purview as well. And I think Major League Baseball handled it as well as they could without playing in a bubble like the NBA did or designated right. cities like yeah. uh, hockey did. I'll give you my opinion, see if you uh, share it or uh, you think I'm way off base. I thought there was a real good chance that play was going to be flat-out ugly this year because they rushed back and had a handful of exhibition games and then jumped right back into it with limited days off, so guys getting tired. I think we saw a lot of injuries because of it, but the play itself wasn't as sloppy as I thought it was going to be. I actually thought it was pretty crisp, and I think that it was – Pretty good baseball to watch. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm re- I'm right there with you on that. I thought we were going to see a lot of ugly baseball, and I think we did. You know, let's just take the Giants for example, who almost uh, made the wild card versus the Dodgers a couple of days ago. Had the season ended, you know, Thursday, they would have been in, but uh, they didn't play well at the end. They had to play San Diego, and San Diego ended up uh, beating them and and knock them out. But they were real ugly early as a team under Gabe Kapler. They were making a lot of base running mistakes, a lot of throwing errors. Um, now, they had a lot of new guys, too, and to put those guys together to face the best team, what turned out to be the best team in baseball, at least through the 60-game season, being the Dodgers, who finished 43-17, and 17, that wasn't easy. But it had nothing to do with the Dodgers. It was They were beating themselves that first series against L.A. So I thought we were going to see a lot of that throughout the season with a lot of teams. But but we didn't. After that, the Giants settled down. And at the end of the day, they almost played 500 baseball, which was a surprise to me for them. But overall, yeah, you know, the one thing that always I, I kind of smile at now, and it's kind of funny to me because – if you want to call me old school, that's that's fine. I mean, I managed in the steroid era, and we saw you know home run after home run and highlights when we watched uh, Sports Center or whatever news outlet you watched. Um, and that's that's what I watched when I watched MLB Network last night because I'm still doing Sirius XM on Saturday nights, one night a week is it, right. Jody? And, and we have to talk about all the games. It's a show called Round Trip, and you know we're on from nine to midnight. Uh, Pacific time or midnight to three you know, Eastern time. And when I'm watching the highlights, everything was a home run. I mean, home run after home run after home run. I mean, if that's, you know, and when I, when you manage in the steroid era and you see, you have Jose Canseco and you have guys like Juan Gonzalez, you know, you like to believe their home runs are real, but we know Canseco took steroids. Juan was never officially accused of it and he was a big man anyway and so he could hit it out of any place uh, whether he did steroids or not but around baseball you know we saw five foot six second baseman back in the 80s hitting balls opposite field 420 feet into the bleachers for home runs so you knew guys were doing it then now i don't know what's going on because now i'm still seeing five foot six guys hitting home runs opposite field except they're going 460 feet instead of 420 feet to right field so I don't know if it's the baseball. I mean, I, I do believe it's the baseball's part of it or, or a big part of it because it happened last year, and I've talked to Nomar Garcia-Para. I've talked to some of the Dodger broadcasters, guys that handle the baseballs. Um, they all, the players all say the baseball's different. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, baseball owns Rawlings. The MLB owns that, so they can do whatever they want with the baseball and Manfred tried to address that last year when Verlander complained about it, but there's no doubt that 
you know, you look at all the home runs that were hit in the 60-game season. I mean, Voight led baseball with 22 home runs. Osuna uh, led the National League, as it turned out. He didn't have great years in St. Louis, and all of a sudden in Atlanta, he's a superstar. So it, it's hard for me to decipher. That's the only thing about it, because you don't see much running and hitting, hitting and running, any of that anymore. And that's what's disappointing to me overall. You know, we saw some good pitching, good young pitching that came up. Kid named Fleming for Tampa Bay, who was one of their draft picks, I believe a fifth rounder a couple of years ago. He's developed into a, a star this year. Um, he pitched today and, and, and shut him down. And that's one of the reasons the Rays had the second best record in baseball. So um, it's just the home runs that I'm not against home runs, but I want them to be real, you know, and I just don't think a lot of them are today. I think they're they're helped by I'm not going to say it's steroids, but it could be. But I, I think it's the baseball for sure is a big, big part of it. Kevin Kennedy, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Kevin, we've got eight series coming up um, for the National League, four in the American League. Significant advantage, or at least it's supposed to be for this first round. Everybody plays. Everybody's even. No buys. But home field advantage, it's a three-game series, and all three games will be played in the higher-ranking team's ballpark. Without fans, how much of an advantage is that, actually? Uh, pitchers know the mound. You drive to the game rather than have to stay in a hotel. Is it the proper advantage necessary to uh, justify the way the playoffs were set up this year? I don't think it's as big as an advantage it would be without, you know, with the fans not being there because fans are such a big part of it, especially if you go play the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Anybody that's played there, managed there against them as a visitor, broadcast there, as you know, um, that place, forget about it. They can get on your – the fans can get on you if you're playing in the field. If You know, I used to go out and take out a pitcher when I was managing the Red Sox, and I would, I would get booed off the field, and you just have to be able to take it. And some guys can't take it, and they, they can't play there. They can't play against the Yankees in a full house. That's just one team as an example. It's tough sometimes to play in Philadelphia, for example, as, as a visitor. Um, so, you know, I, I think the advantage is not the same for sure. I'll take the Dodgers because they have the best record in baseball, as it turned out. And they're now going to play the Brewers, who they played before in the playoffs. And I don't think it's as big as an advantage. Now they had they had a great record on the road too, so it didn't matter. When you're 43 and 17, you're, you're winning everywhere. <laughs> but I don't think it's as big as an advantage as it would have been normally. And the Brewers have played there before in the playoffs against the Dodgers, and Craig Council has managed against the Dodgers in the playoffs and almost won a couple of years ago to go to the World Series. And even though they didn't have a great year. And Yelich didn't have a great year. Yelich still, I think, can arise and be very dangerous in a three-game series, a best out of three. And so, and then you got Burns throwing well and Woodruff throwing well. And, you know, Hayter's still Hayter. He has 13 saves. He saved one last night. And I'm just naming a few guys as far as pitching. They still can be very dangerous, even though they're not the same team without Moustakis and, other, and Grandal and other guys. They still can be very dangerous, and and so even though the Dodgers had the great record, you, you all start over at zero, and so I think the Dodgers would have rather played San Francisco as the eighth seed rather than playing Milwaukee. Let's just put it that way. So I'm not saying they're going to upset the Dodgers, but they they have a chance. They have a chance to make it interesting against LA. I'm just taking one series for example. So no, I don't think the home field advantage is quite the same as it normally would have been. 
Nor do I. Um, Padres end up with the fourth seed, which means they get all games at home, even though they didn't win a division in the first round against the Cardinals. And I'll give you one reason why I'm rooting for the Cardinals, and that's Adam Wainwright. Unbelievable season he's had, debating on whether he was going to retire, signs the old one year, we'll see where the chips fall, uh, contract with the Cardinals, and uh, he's been just stone-cold dynamite for them. He's going to start one of the first two games. Can the Cardinals pull an upset over San Diego, who you could make the argument for was the second-best team in the National League this year, even though they didn't win the division because they got caught behind the Dodgers? Yeah, I think you can make an argument for St. Louis. You know, not only Wainwright, and it's a great story on him, and I think part of it is you don't have to have 30 starts or 34 starts when you're going for a 60-game season, normally a starting pitcher, a veteran like that, knows he has to pace himself throughout a six-month season versus a, a two-month season, basically, or two-and-a-half-month season. And, you know, if you're talking about 12, 13 starts versus 34, boy, is that different for a veteran pitcher. And I think that helped guys smart pitchers like a Wainwright, and I think that's why he had enough gas throughout the whole 60-game season, and he's going to be dangerous against San Diego. And San Diego has some problems because Clevenger's out right now. That was a good trade from getting Cleveland at the, at the trade deadline, but he was scratched last Saturday, and he's not going to be pitching, I don't think, in this series right now. He's not ready. Lamette got hurt as well as biceps tendonitis. And, you know, tendonitis, I was saying last night, takes 10 days. Now, he's showing on the side and trying to get ready for one of these games, but if he pitches in one of these games and he doesn't have tendonitis, that's why, or if he's pitching with tendonitis and he's not letting the medication work, because when you take medication, anti-inflammatories for tendonitis, it takes a few days for that to kick in. And really it takes 10 days normally, just from my experience handling pitchers over the years. So that's two key guys that they're going to miss uh, in the rotation. Now the lineup is good. There's no question about that with Tatis and Machado, especially and Hosmer and, you know, They've, they've uh, getting Moreland was a good move for them, and he he did well against San Francisco. So that's a tough lineup. But Wainwright has that great curveball that gets lefties or righties out. Doesn't matter. He's got the cutter, and he he just knows how to pitch. So and Goldschmidt had a great year, uh, hitting I think over 300 as he ended up with a lot of home runs. Um, I know Bader homered today. Um, they've got a they've got a good ball club, St. Louis, and I think um, that matchup. To have to for San Diego is a tougher matchup than they would have had uh, had the weekend gone differently. So I, I think it's a dangerous team that they have to play for this first round. So yeah, I think I think St. Louis could beat them. That should be a fun series. All right, we only got a couple minutes left here, Skip. Uh, Cubs host the Marlins and the Braves host the Reds. Someone out of that bottom half of the bracket is going to make it to the NLDS. Which of those four teams do you think is most likely to make it to the Final Four? Cubs, Marlins, Braves, Reds. I think overall the Braves are the best team of of those four. I I applaud what the Marlins did with all the COVID cases that they had, and they have a lot of veteran guys in that club. It's, you know, like Joyce and Aguilar was with Milwaukee before, et cetera. A lot of young pitching stepped up, and good for them. They got in the playoffs. The Cubs. You look at their key guys, Baez, you know, Rizzo, Bryant, uh, Contreras, they're all hitting 220, 190. I mean, I've never seen a bunch of guys that are with great talent like that, world champs, they all have a slump at the same time, but that's what their hitters have had. 
you know, Darvish is having a Cy Young year, so he could put some zeros up there for sure. But I, I think if you know, over the long haul, and the Cincinnati, of course, has Bauer, Trevor Bauer, led the league in ERA, and they have some dangerous power guys as well. I I just think the Braves are the deepest team. They have good starting pitching, you know, good young starting pitching. They they improved their bullpen last year. I think their bullpen's good enough this year. And of course, they got led by Freddie Freeman, but Acuna is there. Albies is back. You know the lineup. It's they're they're I think the toughest team overall to go to go deep. And should it be the Dodgers, it could be that that type of matchups. But you know, always in the playoffs when you think that or somebody else steps up, it could be Cincinnati <laughs> that surprises everybody because they got a good closer with a, with a good arm, and they've got a good couple good starters besides Bauer. So you know, who knows? But I think the deepest team and the most well-rounded team. Is is Atlanta to go to go real deep in this postseason? Fair enough. A right, couple quick AL notes before I let you run. Um, when the Yankees got Garrett Cole during the off season, I don't think they thought that if Cole started the players for them, he would actually be an underdog. But that's the case because they draw Cleveland in Cleveland, and Shane Bieber starts against Garrett Cole tomorrow. And Bieber has been for me easily the best player pitcher in the American League, and I think he's got a chance to win the Cy Young. Didn't see this one coming, did we, Skip? Not at all. No, not at all. You know, and Judge and Stanton are back now, but the same thing happened this year in the short season. Both guys have got hurt again. You know, they, they seem to be hurt at the same time every year. Um, but the other thing about that is I would not start Gary Sanchez catching Garrett Cole. He is a terrible defensive catcher. He doesn't call a great game. Uh, mechanically behind the plate, um, he, he jumps back there. He moves around a lot. He's, he's done the one-knee thing now like a lot of catchers are doing. I would have my best defensive guy, almost like the old days, Jody, where you have your best catcher catching a guy like Steve Carlton. Or, you know, when Koufax pitched, he always wanted – uh, Johnny Roseboro, the best defensive guy, you know, and that's, that's, I like that style. When Clemens pitched, he wanted Bill Hasselman catching, not the number one guy. He wanted the better defensive guy. I would do that if I were the Yankees. And I think if they don't, I think it could hurt Garrett Cole because that could definitely affect a guy like him. I think it affected him early in this in this short season. I have not even seen the times for the games that start tomorrow, but that's must-watch Bieber against Garrett Cole. We'll see who does the catching for the Yankees. Uh, Skip, the series that actually intrigues me the most is the A's and the White Sox because the White Sox at times this year look like the best team in the American League, and at other times they couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, they stemmed off their uh, slide here over the last uh, four or five days, can they beat the A's in a short series, three games in Oakland? Yeah, I think they can. You know, you got Chapman out, of course, for the year with the hip injuries, haven't had surgery. Um, that's that. He wasn't having a great year, but you're talking about a platinum glove at third base. I mean, that that he could win games defensively. That guy is so good. Not having him hurts the A's for sure. They're still a good ball club, but they're not as deep, obviously. And I think Chicago, once they clinched the automatic playoff spot a week ago, they kind of exhaled, and you can't do that in a the postseason. They, they hadn't been there in a long time, and I think as a ball club, they exhaled and said, hey, we know we're in, instead of saying, hey, we got to go to the next round and win it all. You know, the good teams do that. The good teams don't celebrate after getting in. They, they, they celebrate after they win it all. And they, they have to, you know, step up now and say, you know what, we should have won the division. We didn't. Now we got to play a tougher team. But they're definitely capable. No, if it's Giolito, 
And that, that offense that they have and adding guys like Grandall and some of the offseason moves they made really helped too. But Tim Anderson, you know, a league leader in hitting last year, um, they're, they're just deep. They got real good talent. And so definitely they could beat the A's. No, no doubt about it in Oakland. Doesn't matter. Oakland's always tough to play in though. I will say that they always have an, that's one team that has an advantage in their ballpark, not because of the fans, it's because of the ballpark. And you got to have quick guys in the corners because there's a lot of outs on the pop-ups. And I even asked Billy yeah. Bean about that. And I said, do you want defensively really good, agile guys on the corners because of your ballpark? He said, absolutely, Kevin. We get three to four outs a game because of that, and we know it, and we take advantage of that. More foul territory than any ballpark in America. KK, yeah. always a pleasure, my friend. I uh, get an education every time uh, you join us. Thank you for doing so. Enjoy these next couple of days because it's just going to be game after game after game after game after game. Should be great. Thank you so much, Jody. Always good to be with you. I appreciate it. Kevin Kennedy uh, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.